Okay, we are outside of the Avon Apartments. We're at Avon North, but there's also an Avon South, and we are about to meet Dustin. Think about the way the world is and the way that the world could be. All of our systems are interrelated and interdependent. There's a thousand different voices that nobody hears. We're looking at a human being, and there's life story. 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 Connection to the people we don't know that live near us. An elevated Denver starts now. Welcome back to the Elevated Denver podcast, where we're bringing key topics and stories about homelessness to light. We are excited for today's episode on a very visible unhoused population, veterans. We will hear from veterans as well as others who are directly involved in supporting these individuals. We'll bring you data, context, and we'll highlight solutions. I'm here with Leanne, Jana, and Myra. Throughout the episode, you'll hear Jana and Myra asking our guests questions and Leanne tying some threads together through the narration. I think you'll enjoy it, so stay with us. Before we start, we want to let you know that we went through an informed consent process with everyone we interviewed. And before airing each of these episodes, we sent the recording to the interviewees to make sure that they were still comfortable with us sharing their story. I want to acknowledge that parts may be triggering for some listeners. If so, please take care. Veteran homelessness is an issue in the United States that's gaining attention and focus. According to the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, there were over 33,000 veterans experiencing homelessness in 2022. Physical injury, post-traumatic stress disorder, substance use, lack of affordable housing, and joblessness have been cited as causes of veteran homelessness. Some of these challenges disproportionately affect veterans, but we know they mirror the reasons why anyone might fall into homelessness. More on that later. According to the annual point-in-time count in the Denver metro area in 2022, there were 432 veterans experiencing homelessness. To learn more, we interviewed two veterans in our community, Ben and Dustin, who generously shared their stories with us. Here's Ben talking about how he first became unhoused. I'm Ben Marsh. Just turned 55. I was a truck driver. I became sick in February, and the doctor wouldn't allow me to continue driving at the time because of my health. And was ended up being my wife and I were abandoned here in Denver. Were you living in Denver before that? No, we were living in the tractor trailer. And they just told us to get our stuff out and take care. And I had three weeks of insurance left and six months of health issues. <laughs> I was in denial that things were getting bad. And then finally I recognized that things are going from bad to we have nowhere to go and nothing to pay for it and no one to help us. And it still took a few weeks after I filled the applications out and stuff for them to get us placed. And, and they have just moving us from one motel to another. 
Ben served in the National Guard and Army as a combat engineer. He had been experiencing medical issues when he served, which only got worse over time. These issues eventually caused him to lose his job as a cross-country truck driver. When he was let go from his job, he and his wife were in Denver and were left to figure out what health care and housing resources were available to them. The main was my diabetes, which it's big in the trucking industry. But after that, I started developing other signs and symptoms that they haven't quite caught up on what I'm having numbness. I'm feeling like tremors and vibrations all of them through my body. And it's quite annoying and just depressing. And you now that's it's keeping me from going back to work. At first, I was denied even temporary help because I was planning to go back to work, which made no sense. We also talked with Dustin, a 44-year-old disabled veteran who served in the Navy. I got diagnosed with HIV when I was in the military, and that gave me service connection through disability, but I was discharged honorably. But when I went home in 2005, I basically started getting more and more depressed because I was living with my family and I didn't have my own life. So that stems from the HIV. It also stems from I'm a gay male, and being a gay male veteran is not very easy, to say the least. Nine years progressed from going from job to job to job because trying to explain certain aspects of your health and why you can't do certain things or have to go at certain times to is really not easy with employment around here. Whether they like to say Privacy Act or not, in order for me to get anything done, I had to disclose and It was disclosing only to my bosses. And sometimes I got wrongful terminations for things that I knew were BS. I ended up being let go March 26th, 2019 from Easy Pawn. I didn't get my unemployment from Easy Pawn until the very next year. And after that, basically, I'd end up spending six months homeless prior to that a month and a half under a bridge, and then bouncing from hotel to hotel with the stimulus money. And once you run out of money, you run out of money. Mentally, it it tore me apart because it was hard. I didn't have anybody and I was ashamed, more or less of anything else, because I never expected it. And people are cruel. In addition to having HIV, Dustin shared with us that he recently had back surgery, which has impacted his ability to work in the short and long term. He's been trying to get on disability, but that has proved to be challenging. And is your income right now solely disability, or are you able to work? It's solely disability. I am currently unable to work right now because my last three months... I am not allowed to lift, twist, turn. I sneeze and I basically feel like I throw my back out. The disability claim that I just put in was supposed to have submitted 
in November my claim and never did. I just had to wait six months before I would get an answer. Them not giving me much information. When it comes to your claim or your disability or help or understanding, there's none. None that doesn't cost you money. There's a lot of attention locally and nationally on addressing veteran homelessness. We wanted to learn more about these efforts and understand what is working and what still needs to be done. Ian Fletcher is the Regional Strategy Lead for Community Solutions, a national nonprofit working to create lasting change to homelessness. Ian told us about Community Solutions' main initiative, Built for Zero. Built for Zero is an initiative of Community Solutions in more than 100 communities across the U.S., working to measurably and equitably end homelessness. These communities redesign their homeless response system to be able to achieve what we call measurable reductions, applying a methodology with these five main components, really around a clearly defined goal, what we call functional zero, a unified team of organizations that share accountability, a comprehensive source of real-time data, and then finally, we do a lot of data-driven investments in programs and housing geared at the greatest possible reductions in homelessness. Colorado is one of the two built-for-zero states in the entire country. We were the first in the entire country to say, we are going to be a built-for-zero state. We believe in this. Dr. Jamie Reif, who we heard from earlier this season, is executive director of the Metro Denver Homeless Initiative, or MDHI, and is a key partner in the local Built for Zero effort. Ian talked a little bit about functional zero, and that's not the idea that no one will ever experience homelessness. It's that for everyone that's experiencing homelessness, we can house them in 30 days or less. And so it's really this idea of we have this many people experiencing homelessness, and we, we can house that many people in a month as well. And so we're at this level where there's inflows are equal or lesser than outputs. The work we've done around veterans and the reductions, because we have formed these really meaningful local teams, we have gotten the right resources to the table and worked very, very strategically around that. We're seeing some really encouraging reductions that we hope we can replicate with other populations. Why I have been a part of Built for Zero from the community side is because I like the way that it balances both the data-driven and the person-centered approach because a lot of teams and organizations and ideas are one of those things, but not both. And I think it's critical that we ground the trends and the systems in individuals and individual stories which is why this podcast is such a great, you know, idea and, and opportunity to hear some of those stories, as well as to understand that there's no one experience of homelessness. There's no one experience of veteran homelessness. As we've heard from Ben and Dustin, their journeys into homelessness were very different. And there are many other stories as well. Built for Zero aims to gather data that captures both the common and unique needs of an individual and develop a coordinated effort to meet those individuals where they're at. Here are Jamie and Ian telling us more about the model. Everyone is working towards that functional zero aim. Everyone is working towards what we call quality data, 
can you actually identify in your community who is experiencing homelessness? And I think what we found is that we took our by name list of, at the time, 500 veterans, and instead of just saying, everybody work on 500 veterans, we're now saying, you know, Aurora, we need you to work on these 37 veterans that we know are in your community. And that level of hyper-focus has allowed for greater coordination, I think a faster response time of these communities and partners coming together. When we're talking about this person, you know who they are. You've outreached them or you've been providing them services. You know them by name. And then we actually have veteran-specific case conferencing. So again, if we're talking about Aurora, the Aurora providers get together and talk about those 37 people. Can you just speak to how knowing someone's name and understanding their unique needs has helped service providers in that relational way too? We have an excellent VA medical system and VA homeless providers here, and they have offices that are in particular locations that may not be proximate to veterans or these providers. And so what we've really seen is a much more rapid response time where they're at these case conferencing meetings saying, you know, okay, we don't have an office in Boulder, who in Boulder is a veteran experiencing homelessness, we will send outreach tomorrow. And they're targeting a specific individual rather than going to a place and saying, hey, are there any veterans here? So it's also a better use of everyone's time. One of the challenges of our work is that providers in particular spend a lot of time just trying to find people. And this hyper-local element has allowed people to say, we've got a voucher for John. If anybody sees John between our meeting today and our meeting next week, I need you to have him call this number or reach out to this person, and we're going to be looking for him. It becomes person-centered because the person experiencing homelessness is not having to navigate as much all of these different systems. It's instead the system trying to respond to their needs and meet them where they're at. For the local Built for Zero effort, MDHI has partnered with the Rocky Mountain Regional VA Medical Center. Their objective is to improve coordinated, comprehensive care for veterans experiencing homelessness. In January 2020, MDHI successfully moved the Veteran by Name Data Process into the Homeless Management Information System, or HMIS, and standardized the enrollment process for all veterans. This required improving the design and implementation of new procedures for data entry, sharing, and verification. Every month, MDHI reports metrics by pulling by-name data from HMIS. These reports generate a list of veterans for the VA to review, determine eligibility, and enroll in housing and services. This effort was how Ben got connected to the network of providers serving veterans in Metro Denver and how he eventually got housing. We had enough money to either rent a car or to pay for gas for a car, but not both. When I saw that medical issues were taking longer to get back to work, I called the number for the Homeless Coalition and they referred me to the veterans and started that process. And we sat in a emergency housing in a motel from April to June 15th when we were allowed into this complex here. What do you think has been the most helpful 
thing in your journey since you lost your job and became unhoused? The caseworkers were great. They're so overworked. But you get those workers that go out of their way to help as well. Or the volunteer organizations, their nonprofits around, and they, they keep you going. Dustin was also connected to housing through Built for Zero. I can't afford anywhere right now. I literally could not and cannot afford anything in Denver because they don't have caps on rent. They don't have assistance. But this place I found, luckily, I had gotten with the VOA, the Volunteers of America, and their veteran side. And my case manager has been wonderful. She helped me get into this place. They helped with my deposit. And they were going to start paying my rent up to eight months, full rent, so that I could save the money that, my disability money that I was supposedly getting. Veteran homelessness in Metro Denver has decreased by 21% this past year and has been decreasing since 2020. The Built for Zero framework might just be a model for all individuals and families experiencing homelessness. But this takes time, and we know there are other challenges at play that also need to be addressed for people to experience true stability. Here are Ben and Dustin again. Yes, we're in an apartment, and they were considered stable, but we're still struggling on funds for the essentials. We're doing laundry in our bathtub because we can't afford laundry. How do you figure out the rest of your needs, the food, the laundry, the other things that you need? How do you figure that out? We're allowed EBT, food stamps, which isn't that much. And so we just, you're calling around resources and stuff to see what else we can do. What would you like people to understand about your journey, about homelessness, and anything in particular to veteran homelessness? One thing, in this post-COVID era, anyone is only sometimes not even a paycheck away from being in our situation. If there was something you could say to that more general public, what, what would you want to leave them with? Not all of us are crazy. Not all of us abuse the system. Some of us just got a bad hand dealt to us and need a little help and guidance to get back up on their feet. Also, being able to trust those people or those companies, departments, or avenues is really rough when you're cheated or you're told not to rock the boat or you're told that this is the best that you'll get. It's rough to see people treat you so badly even when you say you're a veteran, oh, thank you for your service, and then turn around and they shut the door on you or don't provide the services that they say they're going to provide. You want to help in this homeless crisis. You want to help defeat the problem. Put the money where it needs to go. Help the people that need to be helped. Provide those services that need to be provided. There's more work to do. But we're hopeful that focusing on individuals' unique needs and challenges will lead to positive, lasting change. Thanks to Ian Fletcher from Community Solutions and Dr. Jamie Reif 
from the Metro Denver Homeless Initiative for talking with us. And a big thank you to Ben and Dustin for being willing to share their stories. For more information on the Built for Zero effort, visit community.solutions. To hear another important story and to learn about more resources for veterans, read our blog post, A Veteran's Perspective, written by Joseph Ellis. In next week's episode, we'll be bringing you a now infamous story, that of Kuika Montoya, who runs the Safe Outdoor Space Program here in Denver. Kuika shares her personal journey and how it has impacted her work, including some things that she's never shared before. Join us. Coming out of homelessness and coming out of also these other experiences that I had, criminal justice, you know, taking care of my mental health. Like I built a community around me and how I did that was getting out into the community. I don't like prescribing journeys for people because like, what if somebody would have prescribed a journey for me? Would I be where I'm at? It can look like anything. But if you have people around you that are cheering you on and that are saying, yeah, I'm here for it. Tell me what you want. I'll cheer you along to get you to where you're at. When you have that community around you, you really can achieve almost anything. The Elevated Denver Podcast is produced by Leanne Morrison, Myra Nagy, and Jonna Flood. Narration brought to you by me, Nathan Havey. Editing, sound design, and music are composed and provided by Jesse Boynton. Recording and production provided by the Olympic Recording Studio. If you found this episode interesting and would like to learn more about our work, please visit us at elevateddenver.co. And don't forget to let others in the community know about this podcast. It's going to take all of us to build an elevated Denver. Denver.